Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What's up, everybody? I'm back. I'm feeling better. My allergies aren't as bad as they were last time. So let's celebrate that. But today we are in for a treat because we have the founder and CEO of Outshine Talent, which is the talent management behind some of our favorite creators and musicians and all the above. Um, Barbara Jones is joining us today and you all, this was so fun, so insightful. She really breaks down like how they find their talent, um, best tips for coming about partnerships and really expanding off of social media and really building out that brand which i love talking about like how certain partnerships are made and just how to get you in the mind process of really expanding your brand so if you're into that and talent and creators and all the above grab a snack tune in because this is a good one barbara thank you so much for joining us today thanks for having me so before we get started we always like to ask all of our guests um what the term young influential means to them I think young influential means um, having a specific voice that other people are inspired by or influenced by. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, and usually it's right now I work with a lot of young creators. So, you know, I'm constantly around young influentials. I love that. No, that's such a good inch. I feel like we always get various friends where people go in depth or it's like too far out. And I'm always just like, oh, I've never thought of it like that. But years I'm like, oh, a good generalized uniform answer that we all can understand. <laughs> yeah. But before we deep, do a deep dive in, um, how did you get into kind of this like talent creator realm? Was it something, did you study media back then or like how was your, how did you kind of get into this industry? Yeah, well, I actually started first in the music business and I worked at record companies for uh, quite a long time. Um, and I loved always working with talent. I was in marketing or what they call it product management. And um, so I was always used to working with creative, usually young creative people. And, um, and, but in like around 2007, I just, you know, got really intrigued by what was happening in the early days of social media with the different, at that point, it was pretty much, you know, Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and blogging. And um, I was just really intrigued by where that was going. And um, so I kind of just pivoted in 2008 and started uh, my own, one of the first influencer marketing agencies working with 
creators and um and also ran one of the largest women's blogging and social media conferences in the US and in and in Canada and um just because I saw where this was going and the opportunities that were there um so it was really exciting i mean this was before pinterest before instagram before snapchat you know all of these things so i've seen a lot of these new platforms come and go um and uh in 2018 tiktok uh you know had just been bought by ByteDance, and uh they hired uh, my agency to create awareness for this new app um and uh so i started getting very involved with um tiktok and the inner workings there and um kind of started to see where that was going and in the fall of 2019 i'm on the board of a teen center in greenwich connecticut called our street teen center and uh you know my that at that point my daughter i think was 16 and i said i think we should do a fundraiser with um tiktok creators in the area and uh she's like well there's this girl in uh, norwalk called charlie d'amelio who's got four hundred thousand followers and uh so i was like okay i'm gonna reach out to her and see if she wants to join this and at that at that point um it was really early on started working with um charlie and then dixie had just created her account and um started to work with the family and really realized that this is a really exciting direction to go in on the talent management side and so i pivoted at that point left my agency and started Outshine Talent working with uh, social media creators and um, started with the D'Amelios. And then over the course of the two and a half years or so that I've been having Outshine Talent, we've now expanded to creators, artists, musicians, athletes. Um, It's a really, really fun place to be. So that's kind of how I got to where I am now uh, working with uh, talent management for, for creators. And that's so cool that you kind of like back then, like kind of saw where this was picking up. Cause I feel like even back when a lot of people were starting the like vlogging thing and the whole, it was too early for us to kind of know where it was going to go for it was just going to be like a quick like blimp or it was just a fad and then it would die out like a year later. So that's really cool that back then that you saw like, okay, no, there is something here. Cause I feel like back when like the YouTubers and stuff were getting started, people were like, you can't get a career from here. Like nobody really knew like monetization or branding or any of that stuff. We were all kind of figuring it out. And the fact that you were like, no, there's something here and you kind of stuck with it goes to show. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's always been word of mouth marketing, right? There's always been, you know, at that point, you know, prior to social media, it was still like, okay, how do we build fans for bands? and for artists. And you're always looking for those young influentials at that point. A lot of times they might've had a fanzine. They might've, you know, they, you know, even MySpace was early days, you know what I mean? Uh. We would in MySpace, right? Um, but you were always trying to find where, you know, who the influential people were and, 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 you know, get with the cool kids, right? And, um, and really nothing has changed. It's just the mode of how it happens now, you know? So. And like speaking of like the mud and stuff, what happened? Like and how it happens? Like, do you find like I know you said you mentioned like how your daughter like brought like attention to some, but how do you usually like go about like finding the talent? Like, I feel like the hardest thing to do is kind of know like who's on the, who's up and coming or like how to know what sure. to look for, or, like even where to start. Sure. I mean, I'll be honest with you. With every new platform, we we you know at the agency, every time we'd be like, okay, now there's a new platform. Not only do we have to learn how it works. But now we have to figure out who the influential people on that platform are and, you know, and how does that apply to what we're trying to accomplish? So, 
you know, had a lot of familiarity with new platform, new things, discoverability, how to find people. Um, and that's actually to me the fun part because um, I think one of the, especially like with TikTok, I think one of the funnest thing was just the discoverability that like anybody could show up on your For You page and go viral. And uh, I think that was really fun because a lot of the gatekeepers, you know, ha- have been put aside and, you know, uh, people who are talented people can be discovered, you know, and I think that's, that's incredible. Um, and, and that's part of what I love. I love, you know, scrolling through and finding somebody that I think is just, wow, a diamond in the rough, you know, that I, you know, but right now, I mean, we have a lot of people obviously reach out to us about representation, but in the early days, you know, it's like, we've been looking, you know, looking, you know, and our whole, our whole team, we're always looking, we're always like, <laughs> we're always scrolling, we're always looking, we're always, uh, you know, putting in into slack, like, hey, I like this girl, or I like this guy, or look at this family or whatever, you know what I mean? So we're, we're constantly looking. I bet that's fun all day just scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm working, but I'm watching this cool trend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, like, what's the first thing you do whenever you guys like approach, like, say, you find a creator that you like? Like, uh, do you like how do? Can you kind of break down that process of how it goes about? Where you're explaining like what your guys's role would be for helping them kind of navigate the social media realm? Yeah, for sure. I think that each creator comes with different vision, different goals, different, um, you know, timelines and things like that. Um, I think for us, when we are looking at somebody that maybe we want to represent, we look at a variety of things. Um, A lot of it is, do they have potential beyond social media? We're not really looking for somebody who wants to be social media famous. We're looking for someone who is a talented, has a point of view and has some goals for themselves beyond social media, right? So maybe somebody wants to uh, write a book or uh, start a product line or be an actor or something else. You know what I mean? I look at social media as a fun way to build audience and, um, and uh, try, your, you know, show your creative abilities but uh, we want to work with people who want kind of like even more, you know, for themselves. And also we look at um, their work ethic, their composting consistency. Um, you know, is this, you know, most of the people on our roster, really, there's nobody that is, there's not, no two that are alike. You know what I mean? So it's like we're, we have a very diverse roster in a lot of different, in a lot of different ways. I'm just looking for interesting voices, honestly, nice people. Um, and good work ethic. And I feel like the what a lot of times is like people will come be like, oh, I want to, I want to be the next Addison or the next Charlie, and I want to just do this. But it, they're not really thinking of the branding aspect. And I feel like, like you said, like a lot of times we think that like, oh, I'm have like 1.1 million followers over here, but it's like you don't really own that audience. That platform does, or right. like that platform could switch and say an algorithm happen and like you lose followers or that platform like gets bought out and dies and it's like, would you right. never owned it? So how do you like kind of transfer that? And it's like, that's, yeah. that's the part that a lot of us like don't think about. We think of like just yeah. the now and stuff and it's like, okay, but how are you going to, what's the plan after like right. a year, two years? Cause these platforms change so fast as you know. So it's like, you have to always 
be thinking of like, oh, I like doing makeup tutorials on Instagram or I like doing dance videos on YouTube. So like maybe my plan is to teach online dance classes or to start my own makeup line. But it's like you have to kind of have that person to help nurture and cultivate that ideas and get you thinking about it like a good mentor would. Right, exactly. It's, a, it's very much of a mentorship role and a s- sort of a strategist. And um, also, you know, we we understand how, how fa- fast the, these apps, any of these apps could go away. So you don't want to build a, you don't want to build your business on the back of an app with an audience you don't own. Right. So for us, for example, we have an ad tech partner. We encourage, um, we help our creators build their mailing lists. Um, we build media targets based on first party data. We're, we're working on selling advertising against their audiences and things like that that are a little bit more, um, should the, should the sky fall, should an app get shut down or whatever, you know, that they, they own their audience. Um, and so that's a really big, important part of what we're trying to constantly do is have them build, build their own mailing list and things that they can own. And yeah, cause I know like, for instance, I'm just thinking of recently, like with the whole like reels thing and how like Snapchat and things are changing and stuff like you might be like, Oh, well, yeah, I got 10,000 people here, but it's like, yeah, but you should probably like transfer your whatever to like, like you said, like a mailing list or whatever. Like we're now seeing a lot of people that focus on like the mailing list with newsletters or really trying to find ways of doing more, like kind of really shifting that audience off because it is scary seeing how fast these apps and stuff are changing where it's just like, Oh crap. Yeah. I really don't own my audience. Like I need to do something fast. It's changing. <laughs> Well, and I think because right now too, there's so all of the apps are looking for at the moment short form video, and I think for for creators, um, there's some efficiency that they can have by making their content off of the app and then distributing it across multiple platforms, um, which just gives them reach into different audiences and building a following on different platforms but with the same or similar content. So it shouldn't be like, oh, wow, I have to make different content for five, six different platforms. But if you, you know, I keep always trying to explain that like a a YouTube audience is different than a TikTok audience and Instagram, then Snap, then Facebook, then Twitter, then Twitch, then Pinterest, you know what I mean? But you have the ability to build audience on all of those platforms. And that's like one of the things that um, I've been hearing a lot of, not just marketers, but also um, creators and stuff uh, say that like whenever people are creating content for say TikTok versus Instagram reels versus YouTube to know that like you can't just do like a one and done and just paste it everywhere that you have to kind of know how to talk to your audience. So the way you might talk to your LinkedIn audience is going to be different than how you talk to your TikTok audience because LinkedIn's a little bit more professional. So I think that also that yes, kind of know what the kind of create like an idea of what that audience says on the different platforms would also be okay with like, you don't have to be on all the platforms at the same time. I feel like that's a misconception that we all think where it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm on TikTok, but I now need to, I got to make my stuff on reels. I got to make my stuff on YouTube. I got to make my stuff on LinkedIn. It's like, you can hone, own your audience, whatever platform that is. And then be, and then kind of focus on, okay, how can I bring that audience off this platform and kind of like, like we've been talking about, like kind of own it. Like maybe I'm creating a mailing list on the side to do it that way, but you don't have to 
do all six platforms at once and then burn yourself out before you can figure out how to hone in on owning your own, your own audience. Yeah, sure. And I think that if you are creating content that you want to distribute across multiple platforms, you know, what, how you make it endemic to that particular platform is using those tools in that app to, for your text overlays and for your filters and for all of those things that make it sort of um, part of what that app experience is typically. Um, and there's a lot of other things that you can do to build your audience on these different platforms by going live and by doing stories and all these other things that, you know, there's just, I, you know, it's a, it's an overwhelming thing for creators today because they feel like they're, it's never enough. It's never done. There's always more I have to do and I have to keep it up. And I think creator burnout is like a real thing. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. No, that is, and I feel like that's one thing that we didn't really talk about. Um, we don't really hear a lot of creators talk about at the beginning because I feel like back, like say ten years ago, we would always hear like how everyone like, yeah, I make 10, 15 videos a day, and it's like, how is that sustainable? And I feel like now we're hearing some be like, oh, I pick planning day and content days where maybe I'll film ten or fifteen one day, and then I bucket that content to kind of release yeah. out of say like a week or so and. Because I feel like a lot of times it's like, okay, how am I supposed to film five videos a day? And I'm not in the mood for it. I don't have that spark or that energy to do it. And so I'm glad that we're now seeing more open up and talk about where it's like, no, like you don't have to or how it, that's not sustainable. That's not realistic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And guess what? We outside now, right? Yes. So we're like, people are going out, you know, and people are traveling and there's like events and things now. And now it's like, oh my gosh, you know, when you were inside, you were able to like, you know, you had nothing else better to do, you know what I mean? So now these creators are flying all over the place doing all of these events and things like in conferences and meetups and all of that. And it's like really hard to keep up. Yeah. Like I, I just, I just can't imagine. Cause it's like, especially if you're the vlogger type and you're having to vlog, I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of them, like when they do the vlog thing where they vlog like every day in December or stuff, I'm like, aren't you tired oh. or, like oh, how how no. does that work? How no, does that work? That's a commitment. <laughs> like how does that's that work? That's a commitment. Like, I was like, you know, those people halfway through that that month are like, what have I done? It's you know? insane, but I I'm glad that we're now seeing more and more creators be like, hey, like that you making 15 videos a day, like that's not realistic, and you don't have to do that to get whatever amount of followers whatever your goal is that it's all about just like the quality of it because i feel like a lot of times people are just like oh if i make 30 videos a day and just post whatever 
it'll come up on somebody's for you page and then one will stick and like, yeah, that's good. Like try like trial and error, like as a small audience, but like yeah. you don't have to burn yourself out in one day to just quote unquote, make viral content. Like that's not how it works. That's right. <laughs> like people that's want right. something that they that's can right. relate to. And I feel like that's the key. And sometimes we forget that we're like, Oh, I want to be just like so-and-so. So we'll, we'll copy and emulate that. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to, is what you're posting quality and can people relate to it? Because if it's watered down or you're just posting the post, people are going to see that and recognize right. that. And then know like, okay, this person's just trying to make a book or whatever, or just make a viral video. They're not trying to actually relate to people and really build an actual community because that's what a community is. It's like people who see you as like a friend or as somebody they can like want to be friends with or talk to. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's the one, it's, it's the one that you put no effort into that goes viral. Honestly, honestly, like I remember <laughs> one of my friends and I, we were just making a reel and we did something in one take. We were barely, we, we barely remembered the l- lyrics or whatever. And that video got like 10,000 views in like two hours. And I was telling her, I was like, we didn't even do, like, we did nothing. We literally the lighting was horrible. You could barely see our face. And it just like, went by. we didn't do anything. And the ones we actually try and we'll do like maybe 200 views. Not like we're trying to go viral or whatever. We just like make it to kill time in the no. office. But like, but you're like making an yeah, effort. Yeah, we made effort in these. And it's like, they'll maybe get 200 views. And we're like, how did this, that you can barely see our face? The camera's foggy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always, yeah, it's always those moments where <laughs> you like did the most, mm-hmm. the like least one effort that just go viral everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. And kind of now moving into like the influencer marketing aspect of it, like whenever people come to you, like say if they're an athlete or or somebody who's a gaming creator and they come to you and say like, hey, like this is I would like to start working with these partners or I'd like to um, say maybe get an audition with this person. Do you all help them like arrange meetings with these brands or how do we kind of start the whole like um quote unquote, monetizing your audience type conversations, like with the brand deals and the partnerships? Sure. I mean, what we like to do is um, we kind of at the, in our kind of onboarding of new, of new talent, you know, we find out like, who are some of your dream brands to work with? What are some of the collaborations you like? Who have you worked with in the past? You know, what are your goals and things like that? So we can try to also keep, keep them on track. Sometimes it gets really enticing to be like, Oh, I got all these brand deals and all this, but, you know, we're also looking big picture about their, their overall brand. And so we don't want them to just, you know, take the deal because there's Mm -hmm. money, right. We're really looking about like, is this a good brand for you in the long run? Will it uh, maybe hinder you from working with another brand you really want to work with? You know, are they direct competitors? Um, is the creative, um, you know, a good fit? Like there's so many factors that we look at. Um, so, you know, the, of course there's, there's inbound requests. You know, we also have a lot of relationships with a lot of the agencies and things like that, that will know our talent and will reach out to us when there's a, a you know, an opportunity. And then in other instances, we're reaching out directly to a brand or an agency or a platform or a partner um, you know, pitching an idea or a concept. And, um, you know, so it, it really does kind of go both ways. And I feel like that's so true. Like, um, 
a lot of times people can tell like if something's authentic. Like one of my favorite brand partnerships is um, Charlie's with Dunkin' Donuts. So that was so natural. And I feel like it's those type that people can relate to because it's like you can go back to various of her videos where she's talking about her love of Dunkin' even before that partnership came about. And I feel like nowadays people can tell where it's like if something's an authentic partnership or if you're just doing something to make a check. And I feel like that's when it gets into like you losing an audience because if you're just doing something to just like, oh, well, this company approached me and it's like, say if it's like a gambling company or something and you, you've you never talked about that or you've never showed interest, people are going to be like, um, this is making any sense yeah. for you. Like you've never talked about this. You have no interest in it. So I feel like it's very important for a lot of people to know that when, like you said, like when you are, is it a competitor? Does it make sense? Or do, are you truly passionate about it? Because people can read through it, whether they're an audience fan of you that's followed you a long time, or if they're just looking at it head on, they can tell if it's not authentic. Yeah. And I think, um, I think brands more and more are looking for existing customers or fans of that are already using their products um, to, to take those to the next level or to include those in like longer term campaigns and things like that. Like I give, you know, Duncan a lot of credit for really realizing what the opportunity is there that started out in a very like organic way with gifting and they were doing special surprise and delight things for her. And then, you know, obviously evolved into a little campaign and then it evolved further into having her own drink and, you know, and that I, you know, I give them a lot of credit. Um, for seeing that opportunity quickly and, and jumping on it because it was, um, you know, it was a really, really great partnership. That one, that one was, that, yeah, that one was one of my favorite ones that I think I've seen anybody do. And I'm also a huge Duncan fan. So I was like, ah, oh, this is yeah. perfect. I love this. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like going off into like a fun thing quick, are there, are there any like quick tidbits that you'd say like advice for those who want to like say have those part, like, kind of get those opportunities like with the partnerships i feel like a lot of times people are like oh i i'm a huge fan of i don't know say krispy kreme or whatever but i don't really know how to like create that um organic relationship because i feel like a lot of times people are like oh do i need to have a team or whatever that will help me get in the door or do i need to just like tag and keep doing that type of stuff exactly I mean, I really think it's laws of attraction, right? It is if you really want to work with a certain brand and you love that brand, just start posting organically about them and tagging them because that that social team sees every tag that you know is done with them. And and if they if they like your content and they like what you're all about, you know that's that's all internal conversations that are already having and the social team talks to the marketing team talks to the paid media team and you know they're highlighting those things so to me if you really do want to do that as a creator you know and you know dm them let them know that what you'd like to do and you know there are ways to reach um to reach brands directly that way although knowing that a lot of brands um have agencies that actually do their influencer marketing and stuff like that. So it's not always, you know, in the hands of the social team, but they certainly way to get noticed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's one thing that I always tell people, like I have a lot of brands and stuff, like a lot of bakeries and things that I'm a huge fan of. And I'm always like DMing them like, Hey, by the way, do you guys have partnerships? And I always tell people, I'm like, it never hurts to just ask her. Like you said, like, yes, a lot of them have agencies that they work with, but 
it never hurts to just DM because a lot of times people think like, oh, like nobody reads the messages, but the social teams and the marketing teams are heavily looking at the comments, the hashtags, whenever they do the hashtag challenges. So nine times out of 10, they've, your stuff's being seen. You might not get an immediate response, but they are seeing it. And I feel like that's one misconception that a lot of people think where it's like, oh, I would love to, but there's no point in me tagging them. Like nobody's going to look, nobody's going to see. And it's like, you never, like it's always no until you ask or try. <laughs> Right. You don't, you don't get if you don't ask. Exactly. You know, I mean, you know, so there's no downside, you know, there's no, there's no downside at all. And also, you know, I think that it's like, you know, creator to creator communication is really good. And somebody is working with somebody that they've done something with them. You know, if there's a way to, to, you know, communicate, share contacts, things like that. Um, you know, I think that creator to creator is a great, is a great way to build community and you know offer value to each other no that is so true like especially like at events like fitcon or things like that or even outside of events but just dming them like one thing that i really like that i'm seeing is how a lot of these creators aren't um aren't, aren't like really letting people know like they're not gatekeeping it like i feel like in the early days um like in the late uh 2000s and the early 10s like a lot of people weren't telling people like oh how did you how did you get in contact with so-and-so or how do they were just kind of like, no, because if I tell you, then like, I'm going to lose my stuff, but somebody's wins, not your loss or somebody's success isn't your loss. And so a lot of times that it's, it's okay now to share your context or share whatever, because what you're doing is not always going to be the same as somebody else. You guys might be in the same, like say beauty community or doing that same type of content, but just because you help somebody doesn't mean that you're going to lose your opportunities. And I feel like a lot of times we think that. Yeah. I, I- <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I think other creators that, you know, even if they, even if they're not hundred percent comfortable with giving someone the contact, they can always make recommendations of other creators to their, to their contact as a way to kind of pay it forward. And, um, you know, I always say, I say that there's enough to go mm-hmm. around. There really is enough to go around. So I think if you're generous in the way that you, you know, work with those contacts, it, it, it will come around. Because someone's going to do it for you and somebody might eclipse you and get bigger than you. And then remember that you mm-hmm. helped them out at the beginning, you know, you're never going to lose by being a good person. No, exactly. <laughs> I think that's what Khloe Kardashian said in one episode. She's like, you'll never, you'll never regret being nice. And that's so true. Like you helping somebody and saying, and maybe if they, they don't look back and help you or whatever, but it's like, you're not going to regret being a kind person because at the end of the day, karma always comes back to comes back to you so it never hurt so i completely agree both ways (laughs) exactly (laughs) so if you're out there and somebody like whatever don't worry karma's coming (laughs) yeah yeah exactly you know for some people it doesn't come fast enough but you know someday it'll come (laughs) yes agree i always say that i'm like you know what like that revolving that table it's gonna turn eventually like it might take a little bit but it's gonna turn (laughs) um but before we uh my last one before we wrap up what advice do you have for some, I know we talked about a little bit, but what advice do you have for somebody who's like, okay, I'm ready to take the next step and I want to get representation. Like I want to reach out and get a, um, a talent agent or find that next step. Cause a lot of times a lot of people don't know where to look or it's I, only stories I've heard have been like, Oh, well I got approached at this event or I got a DM from so-and-so and then my parents did the research and found out they were legit. So do you have any advice for anybody to like how to find a talent agent? 
Yeah, I, I think that um, I think that first of all, look at some of the creators who you look up to, who you think are doing a good job, or who are inspirational to you. And I, I you know, a lot of times you can look. A lot of them will have a link, uh, an email in their bio, which helps them know kind of which team that they're with or who they're represented by. But I, I, I think it's really important for their, for you to ask other creators, like who are you working with? Are you happy with your team? You know, they really should um, ask all of those things because it is a little bit wild west out there. And, you know, you have to find the management, you have to find the really the right cultural fit for you too, because it is very much more a family atmosphere. There are, you know, agents um, are more of like, I feel like they're, it's a little bit more transactional. It's more of like, you know, kind of like sales. And I think managers are more like long-term strategy, who you're going to grow with, who's going to help guide you and all of that. So I think it's important for you to look at, um, you know, look at the size of their roster, look at the type of people that they have, um, you know, um, talk to other creators and, and then try to get recommendations um, uh, so that you can get your foot in the door and it's not like a cold call. Um but um, but also, I would say, you know, get it, get into the DMs, um, give, you know, you know, do your pitch to get get noticed. A lot of times there'll be like submission forms and things like that on different sites uh, for new talent consideration. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, um, you want to you want to know that they've been doing it for a while and that they have a history and that, you know, um, I've had, um, you know, I think smart creators that I've talked to. They ask, can I talk to somebody else on your roster? Can I uh, have a quick call with so-and-so? And I'd love to know what their experience is like. And I think that those are smart conversations to have because you want to make a good decision. Yeah, that's true. Like you want to make sure <clears throat> whoever their representation is, that they're being treated, their values align, and that they're really looking at those long-term goals of like we've been talking about. Like, are they really helping you strategize for like next steps for what it like to help you line up the plans for like the next five years or five months or just where you want to go to the next level. And then uh, my last one's a fun one. Um, do you have a favorite platform like TikTok, Instagram? And if you do yeah. like, what are some of your favorite like topics or um, like things that you like to look up or see? <laughs> The, the content what's my favorite yeah. content um i'm i'm really into comedy i really love comedy um i i love comedians i, I think i think comedians on tiktok are completely underrated um i also know that instagram's working really hard to do comedy reels and stuff like that with new talent um i, I think I, I i just love laughing <laughs> and i think you know my my for you page has really been sort of like curated where i get a lot of comedy and I just think um, it's really hard to do comedy and the ones who do it well, it's just like, mm, <laughs> no, there's so many good ones. Like I, I have a few comedic people on mine, but like if people have heard me saying a million times in my episode, mine's usually unsigned artists and Taylor Swift theories, like all those I've fall down those rabbit holes where I'm like, she could be doing a revival too. <laughs> well she's the master she's the master barbara thank you so much for joining us this was so fun oh gosh thanks for having me i really appreciate it happy to talk anytime wow how great was this episode 
If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.